Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are definitely not cringe, if I do say so myself. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird. Jonah, before we get into our story, I just wanted to say you put not cringe into this intro because I guess you're really trying to use Gen Z lingo. Yeah. I basically go in like the Wikipedia Gen Z slang terms site and just try to pick ones out. Trying to keep it relevant, you know? Right. And is not cringe means cool, kind of? I guess it's the opposite of cringe, which is, you know, bad. Okay. Or like... Like uh, Like awkward. Totally. Okay. Yes. So Jonah, (laughs) now that we've gotten through that, today I wanted to ask you about that one time when we our family went to Old Country Buffet and you got so anxious you had to leave and go sit in the car. Yeah. And since then, you've done some research about Old Country Buffet and the, kind of the spinoff. So, yeah. We'll keep it brief, but basically, yeah. Hometown Buffet, Old Country Buffet. Turns out all these places are owned by the same company. Wow. Tahoe Joe's, something called Ryan's Fire Mountain and Fur. I don't know. A bunch of these places are all these buffets. COVID was not good to the buffet. But yeah, I remember we were in high school. Mom and dad took us. It was on Wilson Mills Road and kind of the Mayfield Euclid area. And I remember it was like carpeted, fluorescent lights in the, all those plates, those ceramic plates. And I remember trying to go up to get food and there are all these people in front of me. And then I feel like I got up there and I was just like, I can't do this. <laughs> like, And I remember kind of going over and being like, yeah, I can't. And I feel like that was really 
the first time I remember really feeling anxiety. I didn't even know what anxiety was, but I was like, this is just wow. too much and I can't relax and I feel like, no, we're done. And so, yeah, and I remember that. Do you remember that? I remember going and being like, wow, this looks delicious. There's so many things <laughs> I can choose to eat. And what a dream. So Yeah, I mean, I think I used to be like that. And I think something just switched. I think it just like crossed over into just being too many people. And just the food was just, I don't know. And then I did some research on the economics of buffets. They put the cheap filling stuff at the front. They use smaller plates. They use larger than average serving spoons. They frequently refill water. And a few people have been kicked out of buffets for eating too much. A triathlete ate 100 plates of sushi. A woman was booted from Golden Corral for eating all the brownies. And so these are articles from The Hustle and Market Realist. So yeah, but that was my first experience. I don't do a lot of buffets now, but I remember that feeling as a kid. But those chain buffet stores were like... Pretty popular, I think. But yeah, we didn't think go a lot. We didn't go we a lot. We did with not our go a lot. I think no. once you had your anxiety attack, we thought, let's not go back. Yeah. Like maybe this is too much for Jonah. So yeah, I appreciate didn't that. I want to put you through that again. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it was a great deal. I mean, I've done some buffets, like all you can eat sushi things as an adult in New York yeah. and stuff, and that's great. But yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Well, let's get into our guest and ask what he thinks and if buffets cause him anxiety or like me, cause a lot of joy. Okay. Our guest today <laughs> is an Emmy award-winning actor and comedian who you might recognize from his roles as Buster Bluth on Arrested Development or Gary Walsh from Veep. Please welcome our friend, Tony Hale. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hey, Tony. Oh, my gosh. I love this conversation because, Vanessa, oh, <laughs> you and me are the same. Buffets spark joy for me. They spark joy. Yes. Yes. They really totally. do. And I'm so... I have. I actually was <laughs> writing down questions as you guys were talking because I had many yes. questions. So when you go to one of my favorite places, Cheesecake Factory, where the menus like a catalog, where they yes. even have ads on them, does that give you anxiety as well? Or do you like like an in and out where you only have like five options? Oh, five options. All the way, five options. If it's if it's you know, even when it's like sushi, Thai, like like different styles of food, I don't really like it. I want the just same one thing, yeah. a small mm. amount of options. Yeah. You don't necessarily like variety. You like to have the same meal. Cause I also will kind of go to the same restaurant for the rest of my life and be fine. I don't I don't necessarily have to be adventurous. But is that kind of like you like the same stuff? I like a restaurant that does one thing. Mm. That's my thing. It doesn't, I don't have to order the same thing, but I, I when it tries to be too much, it, it's too overwhelming for me. I don't mm. know. Mm. <laughs> Love it. There's a lot of diners in New York and mm. um, there was one in our grandparents' building in Philadelphia that had so many options because it was sort of, so you could get Greek food, but it was also a diner. Mm. So you could get... You don't want to order the fish. You don't want to order the octopus. Uh, right. Because right. they're pulling it out of the freezer that's been there five okay. months. If you would hear our grandma say, she would always tell us to get the fish. She would always be like, you should get... <laughs> Bad idea. The <laughs> and you know what else they would do? They would have specials every day. So in addition yeah. to like the huge laminated menu, they would have specials. And they would put the menu with the specials under her door every day, and Aww. it was. Well, I mean, it was <laughs> so sweet. And we would, I would that read it to her. marketing. Yeah, and I would read them to her. But it, when you think of specials, you think like, oh, five or six things. It was a full notebook, a full line paper. Of, <laughs> yeah, and Vanessa's leaving out that it was handwritten. I mean, it was, was handwritten. <laughs> Forty-five minutes to write out of like it was probably thirty things. Oh. 
I think there might have been a relationship going on that you guys didn't know about. <laughs> if it was handwritten, guys, that's a love connection. It was Xerox. Handwritten, I think, and then Xerox Xerox. Oh, to okay. everyone in the building. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, no, if it was yeah. just handwritten for her, yes, that would be It was incredible. Xerox, but in a way that you do have a point, Tony, of why didn't they just get a Word doc kind of going and just delete an ad? Because always, because it always listed all the sides that were available and I mean, I'm talking 10 sides minimum, and you got to rewrite those every day. They don't trust computers. That's there right. was a lot of control going on. So, Tony, do you like a cheesecake? Do you like having a yeah. lot of things to choose from? You do. Okay. I do. I do. And I really like cruises for that reason because there's like five or six buffets oh. going on at a time. Yes. And I just, cruises are pretty much like a floating all you can eat buffet to me. But I just think Cheesecake Factory, I mean, it's sad. I will choose quantity over quality. <laughs> That's such a cruise ship thing because I worked on a cruise yeah. ship with Second City for four months. And Ooh, sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was really fun, but the buffet was all about quantity and not about quality to the point mm. where mm. I found myself eating so much because not just because I could take as much of each thing as I wanted, but because. I would take more and more things hoping the next thing would be good. <laughs> now, with that said, did you find that it, after four months it all obviously began to taste the same? I mean, you really... Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, the cruise ship I worked on had pay restaurants too. So like the buffet was free. It was included. There were a few restaurants that were included. And Jonah, you visited. You experienced this for a week. Then there were some restaurants that you could pay... It was between 10 and $20, I think. Yeah, but I remember when we visited, you were like, the sushi place, we should go the first night. We shouldn't go there in four nights. Right, because I thought the sushi gets brought on at the beginning of each week. <laughs> and if you're going the last night of the cruise, you know. Well, let me ask you this. Especially after COVID, did you feel like, having been on one for four months, that cruises have really gotten a bad rap? and they need to kind of regain the reputation that they deserve. <laughs> right, because there were a lot of COVID outbreak kind of things happening yes, on cruise ships. Yes, of course, ships. yes, yes. Yeah, or did you not have a good experience and you kind it's of It's are... interesting to be asked that because I had a good experience, but I wouldn't say that I loved the people who were kind of the running the ship. No, ah. the passengers I didn't mind, but the people running the ship, I sort of thought, here, I'll give you an example. One of the sort of security police type people mm. gave us sort of a safety drill kind of thing took us through showed us you know what we needed to know which was great that you know you're on the sea it's good to know but he said this is the kitchen this is like the most dangerous place on the ship because there's fire in it and he said if things go wrong and there's actually a fire in the kitchen like not a purposeful one but it breaks out into a fire what do you do and we were like, well you call everyone you get everyone out of the kitchen and then you close the door and you whatever and he goes, no, no, no. He goes, you just close the door. Do you want to be a hero or do you want to live? <laughs> and we were like, okay. Um, was he doing a bit or no? No, <laughs> he wasn't kidding. But, and that was his personality too, to talk like that. And it was sort of like, I think there's a nicer way of saying that. You know, I mean, even if it's time sensitive, yeah. I don't know. And also, I think you'd do try to get the people. I don't know. I'm not yeah, trying to rewrite the precautions. Yeah. He missed a part in the equation. Yeah. And then there were like also comedians and... There was a magician. A magician who were there all the time. Like they were there pretty much almost year round. 
And they had sort of odd, like I wouldn't say that they were, and I'm not trying to, but like they were not the friendly, like they're just sort of Ooh. an odd, you know. Yeah, it's a unique lifestyle for sure. It's a unique lifestyle. It's a unique it's lifestyle. It's almost like the sea has changed them. Like, exactly. Like, That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And maybe it's partially that buffet food and just going in and having. Listen, I would risk it. I would risk it. I do have another question though about because I don't want to forget about yes the not cringe. <laughs> <laughs> now my question is: Does somebody say not cringe to cover the fact that it might be cringe? Is that the purpose of like a not cringe? It's such a good question. Not cringe, I think, is a term, but yeah, it seems like it could only be used in context of something that is cringe or is debatably cringe is cringe also as popular as not cringe i just thought cr- i've only heard cringe i've never yeah. heard not yeah. cringe yeah i don't know that's a good question tony clearly mm. we don't really know much i guess you could about. use it this way it, in the context of a bunch of things being cringe you could go like is there any outfit here that's not cringe wait hold on let me say it with a different inflection so we're at a store. <laughs> Do they sell any outfit here that's not cringe? Yeah. And to me, that is just a natural sentence, you know, with the not. Like, is there anything here that's not cringe? <laughs> rather than like, rather than, hey, not cringe, but. <laughs> you, you, know, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's something where, yeah, you think it could be cringe, but you want to specify that you don't mean it in a cringy context. Like you wouldn't say, for example... You should meet my cousin. She's not cringe. <laughs> she's cool. She's she's over 20, but she's not cringe. She's cool. She's not tr- she's not cringe. Cut to the next day. You told me she was not cringe. <laughs> oh, so much I'm learning. Can I ask you a boat related question? Boat related. Oh, I- <laughs> I heard we heard butt related. related. Oh, excuse me. I meant boat related. <laughs> and I was also, like, let's get into it. <laughs> even more even more than that, when I worked on a cruise ship, the woman who cast me would get very mad when I would call it a boat and she said, It's a ship. <laughs> excuse me. Wow. There's a whole woke society when it comes to the aquatic community. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I want to go back, you know, obviously the first episode of Arrested Development takes place on a ship or a boat. Ship. Ship. Excuse me, a ship. Thank you, Vanessa. With Buster and all the cartography stuff. And, mm-hmm. and what was it like kind of shooting on a boat as an actor? Is oh, it interesting. harder? Is it easier? What is it? What's it like? I was in such a state of anxiety for most of that shoot. That it was like what Jonah experienced at the you buffet. You were like me at a buffet? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It, that, I was, my pilot experience was the old country buffet for you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that day someone could come up to me and, and go, Tony, you're on a boat. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> but what was it like? Well, we, I remember we shot down at Marina Del Rey. We, were, we kind of had several things, I feel like by the water but oh gosh i don't even i don't even remember you know what's crazy is this april it's it was 20 years since we shot that pilot whoa really yeah because we shot in 2003 april of 2003 oh my god that is unbelievable isn't that wild so i blocked it out no i uh (laughs) but i just yeah i have no and i was also so in a state of i can't believe i'm here I mean, I can't, like, who's paying for this? <laughs> There's a part of me, we got a boat? You know, it's just that sense of like, this is like a real money. I, I'd never been on a studio lot. I'd never had that much free food. Like, I was just in a yeah. state of like, what's going on? 
you know? It feels like a real mix of me on a cruise ship and Jonah at Old Country Buffet, actually, because... <laughs> yes, it does. Wait, did you go visit her on the cruise I did. a couple of times? Once with my parents, and I believe it went to Bermuda, and yes. I kept mm. trying to talk to people about the Bermuda Triangle, and no mm. one was interested. I was like, we're hitting the triangle soon, probably, right? And people are like, uh-huh, we do this every week. <laughs> like, this isn't funny to us. Oh, oh, oh. nobody researched No that. one researched No, but yeah, I did it. And so we did about a week. I think it... And then Vanessa would dock in New York sometimes on the weekends and we would meet like by the West Side Highway or something and get brunch because she had a few hours in between yeah. the ships. Yeah, but yeah. I found a way... It was so weird because it was sort of a little bit of the Wild West in terms of Mm. rules on the ship like mm. i was able to get my parents and my brother on for really cheap like i can't <laughs> and to like a really nice room and i told other friends of mine who worked for second city like when they went did cruise ship, it was like a very popular thing to do at the time and when they would go on cruise ships and they were like i can't figure out the deal that you got for anyone like i don't know how you did that and i'm like I don't know either. I think the travel person I talked to on the ship just figured it out. Anyway, this is not the most exciting part of it, but it was so fun to have my family on there. And then I snuck Jonah into the crew bar so he could hang out with the crew. Mm. I don't know. It yeah. was it was fun though. It was really fun to have my family on there. Do you stay in touch with like the other actors that you did it with? A little bit, a little bit. And some of them are like in the comedy world, like Chris Watoski. Do you know him? He was on the cruise with me and this woman, Molly, I stay in touch with. So there's some of them just naturally, because we're still like kind of doing the same kind of, you know, work. But also so many of my friends that I know from when I used to do comedy in Chicago, worked on cruise ships. So we all have that bond mm. of like knowing what it's like to go for four months. And <laughs> Did you ever do material on the ship that you were kind of making fun of the culture and people were like, it's not funny? Yes, for sure. <laughs> and a lot of my comedy in general, people on the ship just didn't think was funny. And, <laughs> and it was... Um, we did this sketch show and then we did a couple improv shows during the week. And then... Didn't you also teach an improv class? We would teach an improv class. We would switch off teaching an improv class. Two of us would do it every week. And then that just reminded me, Tony, there was this kind of stand-up show that was like a late night. Like I was doing stand-up sort of at the time and I got to do some of my stand-up. And that was the thing that I felt the passengers and other talent on the crew really did not respond to. Because I, I just would try to sort of have fun with that. And we were not on the same page comedically. They're like, we got a buffet in five minutes. We got to <laughs> yeah. get to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they probably, it's probably very conventional humor goes over well there. And if you're doing like more Neil hamburger mm. or weirder Actually, stuff. Actually, yeah. to your point, the guy who did that, who was like sort of the actual stand up on the ship, who was part of the welcome show and the all the stuff. He had like these kind of jokes that I think he had been doing for years that were like, you know, you get on the ship and uh, where do you put your stuff? Or I don't know if that's the joke. I just made that one up. But it was jokes like that. And people, because they had just gotten on the ship and gone through yeah. the... And so right. a lot of his jokes so at the Welcome sh Show were, yeah, were about getting on the ship. And people were dying laughing. They thought... Oh my God! And he's going. Oh, look at look at the ship. And uh, this doesn't look like a building at all. You know, like stuff like that. <laughs> oh God! Oh no! 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 
<laughs> the closest I've gotten to that is I when I lived in Virginia, there was this place called Nautilus, which was like a it was like in a big aquarium, but they had like games, interactive games, and I was the nutty professor that came out and did tricks <laughs> for the kids. And when it first opened, all of these families and kids would show up in their bathing suit because they thought that was a water park. <laughs> and they were just pissed. Oh man. They were so pissed and they would just walk around with their floaties just looking at me like who the hell what did i pay for and i was like i know man i'm sorry we have nothing for you to write on and what did you have to do as a nutty professor like what did you have like was it scripted or was it oh yeah it was scripted and i i would come out and i would do kind of magic-ish things but like teaching about science and all this kind of stuff i'd wear a crazy wig i was making like i think ten dollars an hour i was just so excited to be there and I'd wear this little white coat and he was just like, this is gay guys. I got some. And these families were just scowling, <laughs> scowling. <laughs> oh, and then another time, one summer years ago, I worked on this boat called in Panama city beach, Florida. And we would throw out the shells for people to find. And so they would, we'd be like, come find some shells in the water. But we would go out there and throw out these shells. And then they'd be like, mom, look what I found. And I was like, yeah, I threw that out at 7 a.m. this morning. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would wash their feet off when they got back in the boat. And that was my job. Wow. Wait, I just have a question. You would throw the shells into the water. It was like a little kind of, they would take out to this kind of sand bar kind of a raised area. Got it. And so we would, we would go out early and we would take just a ton of shells and throw them out. And then we come back, like, come on, families, let's see what you can find. <laughs> and they go out and be like, you're not going to believe. And we're like, amazing. And then 6.30, 7.30, I threw that out myself. That's so funny. <laughs> I know. You're like going to the store. To me getting sued by... <laughs> corporation because i ruined the reputation we'll bleep out the name so yeah they... clay bleep out all those yeah including this one. <laughs> oh my gosh well i guess we're gonna take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back here with tony hale enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at betmgm signing up and playing is so easy simply sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with betmgm you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with betmgm at your fingertips every play and every game matter more than ever place your money line prop and parlay bets with a king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. 
Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. And we're back. (laughs) (laughs) I'm such a child of the 80s, I was expecting, like, oh, what are the commercials going to (laughs) be? I'm sure they were great. I'm sure they were so good. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> They're for Marengo. Because, you know, I love the slots. I really do love a slot machine. They're so fun. And that was something on the cruise ship, too. There was a whole casino on our cruise ship. Well, obviously. And yeah, and but we weren't allowed in it. That was the one thing we weren't allowed to. Oh. Yeah. No one who worked on the ship could go into the casino. I went to Vegas once and I remember the saddest. There's two stories that happened that was so it broke my heart. One was this person with an oxygen tank. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this person with an oxygen tank was doing the slots. And their kid had their iPhone plugged into the wall next to him, just sitting down. And it was like 1 a.m. just waiting for the parent to finish. Oof. The second one was my wife and I went once and years ago. And this lady next to us, she was probably in her like 70s. And she had this bucket of quarters. And she was doing the slots. We started a conversation with her. And she, she said, well, I'm getting married tomorrow. And we were like, what? You're getting married? And we were like, why are, why are you here? And she said, got to make rent. Mm. And we were like, bye-bye. <laughs> we got to get to bed. That is very sad. Yeah. It was pretty sad. <laughs> so now I'm going to get sued by Vegas. No, 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 no. That's, that's, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I will say the number of oxygen tanks in a casino. Mm. A tough. I think you can still smoke at some casinos. Like I think oh, it's like yeah. the one place on earth you can still smoke cigarettes. Yeah, that. Yeah. As Gen Z would say, that tracks. I that guess tracks. we say that. <laughs> yeah, that does track. That yeah. tracks. Now, Tony, we asked you. <laughs> you just make me laugh, even not knowing what you're about to say. That, well, I well, I could say the same thing about you. Okay. You too, Jonah. You make me laugh. And Jonah, I like your mustache. You do for me. Thank you, you Jonah. Thank you, you make me laugh. Thank you. And I appreciate you being my brother. And Tony, you have a great beard, by the way. While we're just complimenting. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, now that the compliment will compliment circle is over, or we'll keep. Doesn't we'll, have to stop. We'll keep it open. <laughs> okay. And speaking of open, we. <laughs> Not really. Tell us but. about your open relationship. Well, I was going to tell you about restaurants that are always open. Or you. For a topic today, we asked. <laughs> I thought you were about to do another commercial. No, no, no. Vanessa, I'm unsure what you're doing. I think you're trying to transition into the topic, but you're doing it in such a hard yeah. to understand way that I'm not <laughs> yes. totally sure. Okay. Tony, your topic today is chain restaurants. <laughs> yes. Which are open a lot. <laughs> they are open a lot. And why so that was a I good do, segue, actually. <laughs> it was a really good segue. Eh. It really did start off, like we were saying, I'm speaking of, but I do really like chain restaurants. And I 
think it's be I know it's because I know what to expect and I'm not a fan of surprises. Yeah. There's a familiarity, obviously. There's a, like a routine. It's very, very nostalgic to me because I grew up in Tallahassee, Florida. And there, I mean, to ha- for somewhat, for there to be a restaurant that nobody really recognized as a chain, it was kind of odd. Yeah. Every restaurant was a chain. So that was my life. Yeah. You know, so it feels very, very nostalgic to me. Little Tony, you're growing up in Tallahassee. What are your favorite chains to hit on like the weekend? What 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 are you into? Favorite question of the week. I <laughs> really chilies. Okay. I love nachos from chilies. I love nachos in general. Like a good nacho plate is just really, really satisfying. I like the the fried cheese from an Applebee's. I really like a TGI Friday's burger. Listen, my last meal, if somebody said, what would your last meal be before you die? It would be a quarter pound with cheese fries and a shake. It just flat out tastes good. I'm in Rome right now doing a job and I've been to McDonald's four times just for the familiarity of it. Yes. And oh God, there's so many good ones. They'll come to me, but those are definitely the ones at the top of my list. Okay. Okay. When you would go out to eat, that would be sort of the main thing you would do would go to chain restaurants, it sounds like. Yeah. And if nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. And if I'm honest, I don't think my family went out to eat a lot. There was a lot of casseroles in our family and we would eat at home a lot. But with my friends, like we'd meet at this place called, oh God, what was it called? It was um, Barnacle Bills. I don't think that was a popular one, but it had like great pizza or we'd go to all the kids would like meet at the Chili's or we'd meet at the Applebee's or all that kind of stuff. And it was just like a real hang. That's great. That's great. Now we were trying to think of what our favorite chain restaurant... Well, first of all, do you know the difference between... Really quick, sorry. Barnaby's, not Barnacle Bill's. I think Barnacle Bill's is a bar, but Barnaby's was the restaurant I was thinking about. Yeah. Sorry. What were you? So what was your question? Do you know the difference between a chain restaurant and a franchise? No. I think a franchise has a lot of chains and people can own a piece of the chain, there can be different owners maybe of a franchise. Yeah. But I think the chain is within a franchise, I believe. I think Tony's right. Yeah. We found two articles on it. One says, a chain restaurant is a group of restaurants with many different locations that share a name and concept. They can either be owned by the same company or be individually owned through franchising. Hmm. Yes, you're right. You're right. I had a quick question. Have you tried, you know, I know the McDonald's in Italy, they have like a pizza pocket. It seems they have some special Italian only items. Do you like going to like a chain and trying a regional thing or no, you want to stick to the classics? Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. Listeners could see the face Tony's making right now. He's not interested. Horrified. It's it's, it's downright blasphemy. No, no, no. I will always go for the classics. The corn and with cheese. I love McDonald's ice cream. Just a quick cone. Just a quick cone when you need it. I know. I love a McFlurry. I love a McFlurry. An M&M McFlurry. I'm not a huge fan of the Oreo. Same 100%. Because I like the bite. Although my issue with McFlurry's, M&M McFlurry's is that Unlike Dairy Queen, McDonald's uses mini M&Ms and it's a lot of shell to chocolate ratio. With actual M&Ms, you're getting more chocolate in a blizzard. True. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Yeah, same. But I hear you. But I, I, don't really, I don't really mind it. So this is a real test for me because I feel like we're kind of different types of eaters. Mm. Let's say, and there are people, you know, me and Vanessa lived in New York for a long time. There are people that come to New York, obviously known for its pizza and are like going to like Domino's in New York City. Like, is that a move you would do or do you like authentic New York pizza? What's your move there? 
No, I do like, first of all, I've never really had a bad pizza. Yeah. You know, when people say, oh my God, this pizza is so good. I'm like, I genuinely haven't had a bad one. Pizza in general is just the ingredients alone are just fantastic. Sure. But I do love Domino's pizza. Okay. I love the fact that it has a cardboard texture to it, but it's just like, well, if you get the thin crust and it's just satisfying, it's just satisfying. <laughs> no, I've got to say something. Ask something. You're in Italy right now, home of home of pizza. Mm-hmm. Have you had pizza there and how does it stack up to Domino's? Uh, <laughs> I wonder if I should give my real answer before this, before I leave this because a sniper will come out and kill me. Um, I, it's good. I mean, it's very, very good. It's very good. But like pizza is, again, I haven't had, a, I just haven't had bad pizza. Right. I think when it comes to Italian pizza, I think probably Italian food in general, the ingredients are so fresh. Right. Yeah. Now, clearly, I come from a camp that that doesn't necessarily matter. <laughs> <laughs> that almost seems like it works against you in some ways. Exactly. That gives me more gas. I don't know, but like, I enjoy as many preservatives and fake taste as possible. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, you're not going to say anything bad about the pizza there. You're just going to say it's good and so is all pizza 100% now their pasta yes. is pretty fantastic I've been here yes. for three months so it's I've kind of had to take a backseat on the pasta but they say here that the pasta is the king and then the sauce is kind of the supporting characters whereas in the states the, it's all about the sauce and then the pasta right. is just kind of a helper because their pasta is so it's the way it's it's just al dente. It's not because we can really get mushy with our pasta. Right. Yes. The way they cook it here is pretty, and obviously it's homemade and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Vanessa, yeah. what chains did we go to grow? And we definitely, speaking of pasta, we definitely went to the Olive Garden once in a while, but I'm trying to think what places we went. Well, Olive Garden, those breadsticks. Yeah. Unlimited breadsticks. You can. Uh, Tony, I don't know if you had this, but. My favorite chain was Mountain Jack's. It was a prime rib restaurant that I think was primarily in the Midwest. Mm. And it was a prime rib chain. I would say it was on the level of Outback, maybe. Maybe not as nice oh, as Outback. The Bloomin' <laughs> Onion. Yeah, yeah. They made it kind of, at least as a kid, I thought it was fancy. Oh, sure. It was fancy, yeah. No, it was popular for its prime rib. Yes. And I, uh-huh. as a ki- as a little kid, and then I kind of stopped eating meat for 20 years when I was at overnight mm. camp. Was that uh, as a result of that, would you say? <laughs> Just because everyone in our cabin was trying it. And I thought, Uh-oh. you know... And then I just did it for 20 years. But I, wow. it sounded just now like I was trying to make another joke out of saying 20 years. You know, I was trying to like, like revisit that well. <laughs> I hear you. I didn't get, I didn't get that. Okay, I, good. Because yeah. that really is what happened. I, I, and I just wanted to kind of cement it as opposed to going, you know, 20 years. Anybody? <laughs> when I was little, like a little kid, I loved steak so much. Mm. And I remember our grandparents would come in town from Philadelphia and they would take me for my birthday dinner to Mountain Jack's. Mm. There definitely were like nicer steak restaurants in Cleveland that, you know, weren't chains. I always wanted to go to Mountain Jack's because to me it was the fanciest and the best. Yeah. And I found some <laughs> some data on it. It was an upscale steakhouse with a unique take on the traditional salad bar. Individual lazy Susans filled with salad makings were brought directly to your table. <sighs> this is giving That's right. and a I lot of joy, loved guys. That. Yeah. A lot of joy. That's pretty cool. I forgot about that. Do you remember the baked potato bar? When they have like a baked potato bar and all that kind of stuff? I mean, just the access and the, and the choices, really great. Did you have a Shoney's 
like a Shoney's breakfast and they had like a Shoney's breakfast bar. I just want to be clear that Shoney's, we didn't have Shoney's, but do you understand how fancy Mountain Jack's was now? Do I understand how fancy it? I'm getting that vibe. It was upscale, but yeah, we had Shoney's. I think we had Shoney's in our area for sure. We had Denny's. Oh, Denny's. Denny's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Similar, right? Yeah, we had Waffle House. We had Denny's and then we had Waffle House. Oh, man. And Waffle House was like the college hangout where they were open all night and just you just kill your system. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Waffle House is so good. And then there was Huddle House too, which was kind of like the competitor. Did you have those? Huddle House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we also had IHOP. Yep. And but when I was a kid, it was International House of Pancakes. And I remember being in college and somebody saying, Let's go to IHOP. And I responded by saying, I'm not in the mood to go dancing. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, What? <laughs> and I said, Let's not go dancing. Let's go eat. And they're like, It's International House of Pancakes, idiot. I was like, Oh, okay. That is you so know, funny. you're right. They have really rebranded themselves to just being IHOP. Yeah. I think. T- Did you have a designer shoe warehouse? Yeah. I do you mean, know I'm how sure then they've do, turned yeah. into DSW shoe warehouse? And my friend Chrissy Zaytrak used to always go, Hey guys, you're saying the name twice. Because <laughs> they'd say DSW shoe warehouse in the commercials. And you go, <laughs> So it's designer shoe warehouse, shoe warehouse. Anyway, that does seem like it's a gen. A millennial thing? What is our our generation to turn things into their, you know, abbreviations? Yeah. Smart, though. Some of the times are, because I think probably that designer shoe warehouse, even though they added the shoe warehouse, that probably did help because it, it probably amped up the respect of it. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, that's GSW true. shoe warehouse sounds a little more. You remember, more... this is completely random, but this makes me think of the mall is, uh, when I was a kid, do you remember when Banana Republic was like a safari Yes. Um, they would sell t-shirts and like there was a big Jeep on the front of the store with like these really odd looking mannequins and everything was tan. And then they just did a full overhaul rebrand. Yeah. You know, somebody told me that they used to sell bikes and stuff. Like they used to really. Oh. It was more like an L.L. Bean type situation. I think now it's like an L- amped up L.L. Bean. But back then it felt like it was like everything was like t-shirts and like these safari hats. And they might have even sold sunscreen. Yeah. By the time it got to our mall, I remember our mom knew about it. She was really excited about it. It had sort of transitioned into being just kind of a very upscale, but everything was sort of beige and olive green. Mm-hmm. Which hasn't changed much. That's still the same. Yeah. Tony, what are your thoughts on like, like some of my favorite chains are like regional chains. Like there's Mighty Taco, which is like a Mexican chain in Buffalo. And then obviously In-N-Out Burger on the West Coast. Like, do you like trying different chains in different towns? Or are you like these kind of more national types of chains? I feel like I know the answer like, to this probably, but. I'm yeah, just... I like a more national. Okay. Because anytime it gets regional, I feel like I'm going to a local place. Not right. interested. Not interested. Right. <laughs> right. I like the national thing. It, it brings us together. And I like that. I do think that there also is this, what you were getting at earlier, this nostalgic element where these mm-hmm. these things stay the same and it reminds you of being a kid, right? Mm-hmm. And I love that this podcast is called What Made Us Weird. And I'm like, did chain restaurants, <laughs> did this food <laughs> make me off? Did it make me odd? Maybe. I think it maybe did. All of us. Did you ever go to Mighty Taco? Jonah decided, Jonah, I think you decided that was your favorite I went there, restaurant. yeah. I went there. I actually remember when me and mom and dad were going somewhere to visit colleges. I knew where the exit was in Buffalo and I made a stop there. Mm. Now, what makes what made it good? Because that's another thing like pizza to me. Right. Where a taco is, I don't know how you make a bad taco. 
you know? Here's the thing, and this is going to be a little controversial. Please. This is the only place I've gone to where they actually used American cheese as, like, the cheese in everything, which sounds gross, but I got to say, American cheese is so good. Delicious. And I thought tacos only had American cheese. They usually, I think, have more of, like, what do they normally have? Like, a cheddar? Oh, you're right. Yes, 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 you're right. Yes, 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 of course. So so usually they don't, and it's so good, but it's very kind of Americanized, like, um, you know, Buffalo, you you know, it's it's Mm. it's New York State. But yeah, it, it was really good. But yeah, I remember us driving to Massachusetts, visiting a college and me being like, no, take this exit, go here. Because I used to go see bands play in Buffalo. And after the concert, mm. everyone would go over to Mighty Taco and hang out and get who was open super late. Mm. Wow. I feel like I would, if I ever see a Dairy Queen, I feel like I have to stop at it. Amen. Amen. What's your go-to Dairy Okay, Queen well, first of all, I have never really taken advantage of the brazier part of Dairy Queen, you know how Dairy Queen can be. Oh, the food? Yeah. I don't think they all have that. Yeah, Dairy Queen. What do they call it? Just not, Something like, in brazier? Not necessary? Is that what it's called? <laughs> Just don't even focus on it? Is that what it's called? I have been a Eminem Blizzard person since I was like five years old. There was a time when I would ask for chocolate ice cream because it comes naturally with vanilla ice cream. Mm -hmm. Now I'm back on the vanilla. I don't ask for the chocolate ice cream. But that to me is the best. It is such a great dessert. That's what I pick. What are you guys picking? Well, first of all, thank you for asking. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> let I'll let Jonah go first because I want to be respectful of your choice. I don't really know. I don't know. It's a, it's a really good question. I, I've been eating that oatly oat milk ice you cream. You used to get banana, banana splits sale. when we were younger. Banana splits. I, I, I like a good banana split for sure. Yeah. Or I think I got that peanut butter buster parfait a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah. what's in Our it, but I remember it was really good. Too. And I like a dip cone too once in a while. That's always yeah a good one. But Tony, what about you, Jonah? The gap between us is getting bigger. The divide is really, I feel really like getting we're larger. Actually, kind of opposites. Because <laughs> everything you mentioned would not even be in my orbit at all. I'm not a chain. I like the local style. I like trying weird oh. local stuff too, or or just the the local. What's good here? It's not yeah. you know. That's I'm into that. And I'm just I'm glad we're building this bridge because yeah. more people this different need to talk. Yep. and understand each other. Exactly. What's your Dairy Queen go to? Well. It's not M&M's. Even though my McFlurry is M&M's, it's Heath Bar. It's okay. Heath Bar, a Heath Bar blizzard. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, definitely. And with vanilla ice cream. Because yeah. I think the, cho- the chocolate ice cream does not accentuate the candy bar. A vanilla ice cream definitely accentuates the candy bar. And what's in a Heath Bar? That's like a toffee type thing? <laughs> I'm going to have to leave this meeting. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm meeting? so sorry. We've really hit... <laughs> A limit that I apologize, guys. <laughs> I can take so much. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's uh, chocolate and toffee. Okay. Yes. Okay. Oh, our producer Olivia said the Heath Bar. Yeah. Toffee, almonds, and milk chocolate. Yeah, exactly what you said. Almonds. That's interesting. I didn't know almonds. So that with the, the ice cream to you, that's that's just, that's a game changer. That's, that's a, a dipped cone. Wow. Okay. I know. That's how I feel too. Wouldn't even keep going. Well, I mean, I probably haven't had a dip cone in in five or ten years, but I'm just saying, sounds good. I would. I think it sounds pretty good. I'm just trying to breathe. (laughs) Just trying to breathe. (laughs) So one four month period, I worked on a cruise ship with Second City. Now another summer, 
right after that, actually, right after I worked on the cruise ship, Second City sent me to Second City, Detroit for a summer mm. to do a show called Jusical the Musical in Novi, <laughs> Michigan. Okay, so I'm in the suburbs of Michigan, kind of like it. And the chain restaurants were, for lack of a better term, off the chain. Right? Yeah. Good. And probably not Gen Z term. So not only was there an IHOP, we didn't really have IHOPs in Cleveland. So not only, or at least mm. near us. So not only was there an IHOP that you could get pancakes to go, like that was their big new announcement was they could get pancakes. But it was the summer that Blizzard Cakes came out. Now, I don't know if Dairy mm. Queen still has these, but I used to, we used to get like Dairy Queen ice cream cakes as kids for a birthday and they have like the crunchy kind of Oreo-y stuff in them and they have mm. the different layers and the layer of sort of fudge or whatever. And I was always, they were fun to get as a kid, but as I got older, I never was that crazy about them. Mm. Blizzard cakes have a layer inside that's all a blizzard. So you can get them with different candy mm. and they're absolutely out of this world. I don't know if they still exist. I really don't know <laughs> if they still exist, but I remember they had just come out. We've got Dairy Queens. I think we had four Dairy Queens within like a 10 mile, like that a, like a five mile radius. <laughs> it, was, it was off the chain, okay? <laughs> Which I say all the time of that phrase. And it was so, I remember it was this guy in our cast, Andrew, it was his birthday. And I was like, I'm going to get you a Dairy Queen Blizzard cake. It was obviously because I wanted to try it. But it was so, Ugh. so good. It was like, can you imagine? Uh, actually, that's dreamy. That <laughs> it just was, sounds I great. Actually, I don't know if they still have them, but it was for the next like two years, whenever I was near a Dairy Queen, I would think of a reason we needed a cake. You know what? Also, I'm going to be a little controversial here because one thing these cakes do that I, I'm not a fan of. Yes. I'm sure Jonah will disagree, <laughs> um, but it's in. Any kind of, I think it's a texture thing for me. And I know you like banana split, so you might disagree. When they have a whipped cream or a frosting on top of ice cream on a cake, I don't like, I don't, it doesn't need it. The ice cream can stand alone and be the star. You don't need to right. add that. Now, I don't mind, obviously, like candy or cherries or, or nuts are great, you know, but the texture of whipped cream, the texture of frosting on top of cake on ice cream doesn't. Sit right with me. Interesting. Okay, we've got breaking news. Dairy Queen Blizzard cakes still exist, although they've been reduced to only four kinds. Mm. So there's an Oreo Blizzard cake. Nope. There's a Choco Brownie Extreme Blizzard cake. That to me doesn't count because it's not candy. Mm -mm. Even though I guess some blizzards aren't candy. Reese's Peanut Butter Cup Blizzard cake. I'll bet that's good. And chocolate chip cookie dough blizzard cake. I bet that's good too. Mm, I like the, um, what was the third one? The Reese's. Reese's peanut yeah. butter cup. Yeah, I like that one. The last one about the dough, again, it's a texture thing with cookie dough and ice cream. It's not enough of a crunch. Fair Interesting. Enough. That's fair. That's fair. You Do you not like cookie dough ice cream in general? No. Tony, we agree on something. Oh, Jonah, see, <laughs> this is what America needs to learn. We have found something in common. I'm going to say something. Not liking cookie dough ice cream. I think you two agree and the rest of the world disagrees with you both. So that's a real bond for you too. We will bond and I will fight with them. But we <laughs> yes. will bond. But so Blizzard Cakes still exist, but and they're incredible. And you know what else the other chain restaurant that that I discovered, because we didn't have these in Cleveland either, that they had in Detroit was 
or in the suburb of Detroit was um, Red Robin. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a Red Robin. It was so funny because we would go there all the time. The Endless Fries... They refill your fries. Oh, I didn't know this. Do they still refill your fries? They ref. That's their big thing. Is Ooh. they ref? I assume they still do it. I mean, you know, I know that the pandemic kind of affected most places, and maybe they had to change their policy. But I assume they still do it. And so we would go as a group. This is really funny. We would go as a group, and we would get so many fries and stuff. And then I remember my boyfriend at the time visited. And we just went, the two of us, and we felt so stupid because we realized we looked around and it was all like little kids with their families. <laughs> like <laughs> When there wasn't like a big group around to sort of like, you know, take up all of your attention, we realized like we looked so stupid <laughs> being two adults just going, whoa, okay, more breaking news. Olivia is saying that at Red Robin now they have unlimited sides. This includes, hold on, whoa. Oh my gosh. Rewards that just keep yumming. Bottomless steak fries. Wait, are there <sighs> unlimited steak other steak fries are so good. Yeah, that's what their fries are. So good. Now, are there other unlimited sides? I think it's still just fries. Oh, okay, hold on. Dine in and enjoy endlessly at Red Robin. Get bottomless steak fries. That Ugh. they've always had that. Kettle chips, sweet potato fries new. Ke- Delicious. Garlic fries, broccoli, unlimited broccoli, or a side salad. Yeah, I've got it. I got a feeling Red Robin's not selling a lot of that unlimited broccoli. <laughs> unlimited broccoli. I got a feeling that's not their, that their bestseller. Sad. Do you know what I used to do in college, which is really kind of sad, but I would go with a group of friends to a chain restaurant because I had no money and they would order these huge meals and I'd order a side salad. And then they'd be like, oh, I'm done. And I'd eat the rest of their food. Yep. And then they'd pay for their food and I'd just pay for my salad. Yeah. You got to get through those those lean times. You got to get through those lean really times, like Jonah said. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we're <laughs> we're gonna take another quick commercial break, and we'll be right back with Tony Hale. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. 
You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're back. Okay, so Tony, now we're going to play a pretty fun game. Legit moan. (laughs) A necessary groan. Great. Okay. And this was inspired by this now defunct column in our local newspaper growing up, the Cleveland Plain Dealer, where they had this segment called Monday Moaning, where readers could write in with their petty complaints and they would print them. And we found them very funny as kids. And as adults, we find them even funnier. Now, this column went away about 10 years ago, so... We're going to read a few of the Monday morning complaints to you. That And just keep in mind, these are at least 10 years old, probably between 10 and 15 years old. And we'll say after each one whether we think it's a legit moan, mm. okay? Like a legit complaint or an unnecessary groan. Like it's, okay. Like it's, we don't agree with this. Okay. Jonah, do you want to read the first one? Sure. I can uh, start us off. First one is, my moan is with charities that enclose address labels, notepads, and nickels. But the practice that bothers me the most is charities that enclose a return envelope with a 44-cent stamp. I imagine hundreds and hundreds of these envelopes are simply thrown out, wasting hundreds of dollars that the charity could put to good use. It bothers my mind to think of the waste of good money. And that's from Westlake, Ohio. Tony, what, what's your thought on charities, huh. including stamps? I think that's unnecessary groan. Unnecessary <laughs> I think they probably got a deal on those stamps. Sure. And I don't know if they paid that money. And the bigger picture of what they're doing is definitely worth it. Yeah. Good point. Totally. That's a good point. Vanessa, what are your thoughts? I will say I do get sort of the stamp I think of less and I think of more, you know, when they give you like a quarter or a nick, like they give you change in the envelope and they're like. That's never happened to me. They give you actual change. The charity sends you money. Yeah, sometimes in the envelope, there'll be like a quarter or something and it'll be like, this quarter pays for like blah, blah, blah. Like, please donate. And to me, they're sending money, them sending money out as a way for you to be like, Mm. I have to send money back feels a little, I know what they're doing. It's like, a. I know that it's a technique to get more money, you know, to get you to pay because you feel like, well, I don't want to take money from them. So I'm going to give them, Mm. but it feels, I guess the best term is a little passive aggressive, Mm. but I do know that it's hard to raise money. There's so many different places. There's so many different charities and stuff that, that, Mm. so I understand, but I lightly understand where this person is coming from. Yeah. Circling back to McDonald's, what I think (laughs) that they did genius is remember how, if you had change left over, you just threw it in that bucket for the Ronald McDonald house in the drive-thru. Yes. They made it so like nobody wants to just throw it there. Or anytime someone says, Hey, just round up. To your ne- I just think those kind of techniques are really smart. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to say with the rounding up thing, I think it's gotten a lot of control. 
Mm. I feel like if you're going to ask me to round up, I want to know at least what the organization is. I feel like now places just like, do you want to round up? And I'm like, well, if it's 98 cents, sure. But if it's mm. 15 cents, I want it. What is it for? Are we just rounding up just for whatever now? It's like, it's so funny. I was at the grocery store a couple days ago when I was checking out. They said, do you want to give money to? And it said something really general. Like it said, like space. kids who need help or something it was like something like that and i was like my first instinct is to say yes of course but then i'm like what is that like you're not even going to give me the name of the organization you're just saying like yeah you gotta say and also you know it's interesting about it and this is i think donating to good causes is very important but the store that then you round up they actually get a tax write-off when they make the donation because it's like they're making the charitable Mm -hmm. donation so they're not doing it necessarily the good of their hearts. To Jonah's point, there's always a bit of an agenda sometimes behind it that does put a damper on yes. situations sometimes. For sure. Yeah. So yeah. So I, I so with this one, I, yeah, I'm kind of torn. I think that yeah, a lot of times I get stuff from charity that has like address labels or magnets. I'm like, what do I do with this? Yes. It feels weird using it if I don't donate, but I also feel like then I'm just throwing it out. Mm. Yeah. So I'd rather and I get the stamp thing, it probably just makes Probably a big hurdle is like people not having stamps. Right. And they, they want to make it as easy as possible. So I don't know the logistics. But yeah, I, I'm, I'll i go with this as like, I think it's a legit moan. I do legit think maybe that, that is money that could be used to the charity. But I also understand the incentive behind it to try to get people to donate. So it's, it's a tough one. That's a tough one. It's a tough one. It's a tough Vanessa, one. Vanessa, do you want to get into the next one? Sure. Okay, this person wrote, My moan is about the inconsiderate people at the Bob Seger concert at the Q last week. At five foot two, my wife can barely see over a seated crowd, let alone when everyone is on their feet for the entire concert. For those who say this behavior is normal, please note, it is normal only for the thoughtless and self-centered. And for those who say they have the right to do so, I agree. You have the right to prove your selfishness every chance you get. But do you really want to? And that's from Aurora, Ohio. Tony. To me, that is a, that's a legit groan. Legit. Because I'm not a fan of inconsiderate people at all. If you're not showing up and ju- if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it, man. Ju- or say yeah. it. If you, if you have a job to do, just try and say it kindly. Yeah. It like makes a difference. And I don't know. I think it can impact. Those small things can really impact people's lives. So I'm on board. Let me ask this. Is it inconsiderate if just like, obviously, if like the one person in front of you is standing, everyone's seated. Or is it still inconsiderate if this everyone's standing? It's just like, oh, this is just the thing you do at this place. Like, is does that, does that feel different to you or no? I might have not listened to the question. Okay, okay. My question is because once I heard inconsiderate, I was like, I'm out. Okay, so it might have been justified, and maybe I don't know. Like, maybe he or she had pushed them to a point of having to be aggressive. So that's a different story. But anybody's just inconsiderate to be inconsiderate, no likey. Okay. I think that what Jonas is saying is like everyone at the concert was standing. So this person is saying... You're all being inconsiderate. But what I'm saying is like if one person in front of you is standing, like, yeah, that's obviously inconsiderate. Is it inconsiderate if that's just kind of the thing for this event in this environment? This is just kind of what people are doing? Is that... Hmm. If I understand this correctly, so she couldn't see this person who was 5'2". Right. Yes. And so... I would say in that case, were they trying to go to a different place or trying to get everybody to sit down? <laughs> I think, I think this, I think, I'm going to read it again. It's a good question. I don't know I what he's exactly. I literally heard inconsiderate and I was like, yeah, you were just, as soon as you heard someone being inconsiderate, you're like, I'm on board with this. 
no one should be inconsiderate. I, I like that. So I like that. I don't, but I did not even listen. That's fine. So, <laughs> so basically, they're all at the concert. This guy is saying, my wife's five foot two. This guy's saying, my wife's five foot two. She can't see because everyone's standing up. Everyone else at this concert is being inconsiderate to me and my wife because you, now we can't see. My wife see is five foot because, two. Because, yeah. So for Oh. You, yeah. So uh, there was a lot of people who were big. Everybody's standing. Literally everyone. <laughs> and everybody and was every, yeah. was everybody inconsiderate? There wasn't just one That's person. That's what this guy's saying. This He's guy saying is you're saying all literally being everyone. And and not only saying they're inconsiderate, you have a right to prove your selfishness every chance you get, but do you really want to? Mm. Now, I'm enough of a codependent that I would probably look at that person and be like, oh God, I have to I have to help. So it it's I it's odd that there wasn't one person who <laughs> didn't want That's to help true. the situation. So like the whole crowd was inconsiderate to them. <laughs> yeah. So That's obviously what they're maybe, saying. I wonder if they were causing a bit of a ruckus when they might have, if there was chosen another position to stand or gone higher up or something. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Because I don't think, I don't think universally everybody would be inconsiderate. Right. As Mr. Rogers says, there had to have been one helper around there. Sure. Well, what I would also say is, was there a world where, the wife could have stood on her seat. You know what I mean? If she's, if she. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's a good, it's a good call. And then she would be 10, four. Oh, sorry. That's, that's saying, <laughs> that's saying that the seat was five, two. Five, that'd be so a tall right. seat. <laughs> yeah, the, the seat would double her height. <laughs> but she'd have to get hoisted up there in the first place. Yeah. I don't know the mechanics of it. I mean, I'll say this. I'm conflicted about this one also. I do think I've been to concerts where people stand the whole time and it is kind of annoying, especially as yes. not not only for a height reason, but as you get older, like my back starts to hurt. Agree. You know, so it's like I'd prefer, but I also sort of feel like sometimes at an event like that, it's like people are excited. Some people start standing, then everyone has to stand and you're sort sure. of like, all right, this, I kind of just got to go with this. You're also making a, no, I'm turning a corner. You're also <laughs> making a choice to be in an environment yes. where it's normal for people to stand. Cause I personally have never been to a large concert. Okay. I will, I have never, I've never been to an arena concert cause I do not like that amount of crowd. Sure. Right. I would never, ever stand on a floor. Not, I just wouldn't want to be around that many people that yes. compressed together. Yeah. So there was a choice made initially with yeah. this situation. Yeah. You're saying we're going to see Bob Seeger. And, you know, there's a chance we're going to yeah, have yeah. to stand. And so part of me feels like, like, and th this person saying everyone's inconsiderate, you know, trying to guilt yeah. everyone. Like, yeah, you're selfish. I feel a little bit like this is a little unnecessary. Sort of like, you're at a concert. It's, this is kind of the deal. And yeah, it's an, I wouldn't, I'm not as into it, but you got to accept it. Vanessa, what are your thoughts? I'm calling it an unnecessary groan because unnecessary yeah. groan. it would be one thing if there was like one person or two people standing in front of someone who was much shorter than them right. and not, you know, Definitely. but because everyone was standing and that was sort of the way that things mm. were going that night, mm. it, it feels like, you know, that's just the way it, it goes. Well, I might change my tune. I yeah. might go back to unnecessary because I think there was ground. that that maybe did not have the right foresight going in. And Tony, you know, you're also a tall person, right? You're six, mm -hmm. six one, six one. What if so you gave me my exact <laughs> specifics right now. I you're would love six it. one. You you know, I'm anxious sometimes that I'm blocking someone. I'm I'm like five ten, and so I imagine you at a concert. So you're we're also finding like, a lot of common ground. We're having a lot of okay. Common good, ground good. We're good. coming back around. But yeah, so I'd imagine for someone tall, it's also tough at a concert because you don't want to block someone, but you can't like shrink yourself down either, right? Yeah. And speaking of. 
there was a woman, I don't know if you saw at the Oscars, who had this like dress when she was sitting down that was like this white, huge white fan dress. And you could easily see her in the audience. And my heart broke for the person yeah. behind her. Behind like, their, her. their view was completely blocked. And I'm like, that might have, they could have maybe removed that. Yeah. Right. They could for have the done seating. something yes. for the seating or something. That you know? is a legit mo. I, I agree. That's totally legit. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get into our last one. This is a very specific one again. Can't wait. My moan is with a coworker who felt the need to complain to the building management of Key Bank Center that after 10 months of me feeding the birds in the courtyard of our building twice a day, she didn't like to see all the birds hanging around. They eat all the bread immediately. There are no crumbs to even attract bugs. How sad your life must be. If you had more compassion toward animals, maybe you'd be a nicer person and the world would be a better place. From Cleveland. I might need to break that down again. I don't know if I heard that right. I'm going to break it down because I had a hard time. So it's basically this woman works at KeyBank. Yep. And Mm. someone else complained to the management that this other woman who wrote the letter was feeding these birds Mm. and she was saying they attract bugs. She said she just didn't like to see all the birds hanging around. Yeah, yeah. So she went to management and said, I don't like the birds hanging around. You should tell people to stop feeding them because it's attracting the birds. Mm. I feel like there's more going on here. Me too. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> there might be. Again, you kind of want, yeah, maybe there is one because you kind of want to know what the scenario looks like. Are we talking like floods of pigeons when people walk into the bank? Sure. And it's right. kind of it's a problem or are we talking just a few pretty birds that are, you know, want to pluck some bread every now and then. I'm going to go even further. I'm going to say, I don't even think this is about the birds. I think there's something going on with these two people. And I think, Mm, you know, how sad your life must be. I think they're using this bird situation as just an excuse to kind of like as a vehicle for them to get out their true feelings. Well, the other thing that we talk about a lot when we do this game is like, Sometimes it feels so like such an indirect and kind of not effective way of communicating something to someone. Like it'll be like, you know, I hate when people mow their lawns too loudly. Like stop mowing. I have a neighbor who mows their lawn so loudly. It makes me mad or something like that. And then you go, okay, the the neighbor's never going to get the message from this person. Like this could be any mm. number of people. Like this is never going to really pay off for this person. Whereas in this situation, I bet this is such a specific thing this person is talking about with this specific person. And she says person. where she works. She says Key Bank, yeah. Key Bank Center. And yeah, it's about it doing something. It's like a, a behavior that only she is doing, which is feeding <laughs> these birds. So it yeah. seems like this is actually a way that this person is trying to like tell the other person as opposed to these other ones where it's just a general. She also ended it by saying, and if we did this, the world would be a better place. Right. Yeah. So this is one of a list of things that she is griping about this person. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because it's a very indirect way of being direct. And saying how sad your life must be. That's pretty strong. <laughs> if you had more compassion towards animals, which I don't think this person's like, don't feed the bird because I hate birds and I don't want them to have any food. Like, I think what's going on here is exactly what you're saying, Jonah, which is these two people are not getting along and they're kind of finding ways to. Yeah. And you know, she, you know, he or she cut out this article and stuck it on their door so that they'd see it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a hundred percent. So I'm going to say this is uh, to me, this is, 
I can't make a judgment on this. It's I need more information. I feel like there's yeah. more to this story. If I was able to get an update, maybe, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna hold my vote for now. What about you two? Guys, this is like a debate team, guys. This is like <laughs> yes. we're in debate because I really changed my tune. I changed my tune and I'm now a little bit I don't agree with the language of this. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 I don't like how sad and there's a different story going on. How sad your life must be. That to me feels out of proportion with this complaint. Yes. And also don't you think there's a world where people are sort of coming in and going like, you know, I'm a key bank customer. I'm going to make a bank deposit or something. And I'm like, why is this employee outside like feeding birds? Like it feels like I'm about to invest in a, you know, I'm about to put $5,000 into the bank. And I don't love seeing that one of your employees is just kind of outside feeding birds. It feels like you're not a serious financial institution. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Anyways, so I think this is an unnecessary groan. <laughs> yeah. Is what I would say. Groan. Now, Tony, we had so much fun with you. And so much fun. That was really, that went by really fast. It went by, it went by really so fast. fast. It went by mm. so fast. And mm. I can't believe you have to go work now. Yeah. They're picked because we're working. I'm in Rome doing a show and we're shooting like an hour and a half out of Rome. So they're, Picking us up because we're shooting in the morning. So we're staying. It's called Viterbo for Turbo Italy. Ooh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. That's going to be so nice. Well, we usually ask our guests is there anything you want to promote or anywhere people can find you on social media? On the social media? <laughs> on social media? Well, the show I'm doing now is called The Decameron and it takes place during the Black Plague of the Middle Ages and it's really fun. So it's going to be on Netflix and I don't know when. Maybe I don't know when it's going to come out, but it's really fun to do. Great. I guess that's something to promote. I'm not as good on the social media as I need to be, but Mr. Tony Hale is my handle. No, not cringe. Not cringe. Not, that's oh, not man. cringe. That's not cringe to go full circle in that. Well, thanks so much, Tony, for joining us. And thanks to everyone for listening. It was, it was so, so nice. fun. So fun. If you enjoyed that, please subscribe to the podcast and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Do We Get Weird, where we will discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural touchstones like chain restaurants. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.